Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden, and also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls! In case you needed an introduction to who we are, we are a local book, book podcast that does reviews every week. And we are called Three Book Girls. And in case you're wondering why there are four of us, we always have four, and actually there are five. Because we started out with three. Boy, does that sound convoluted. And we have a special guest. The original three. Yeah, we have, we have actually a special guest tonight. One of our original founders, Nicole, is here. So let's give her a... So hello, Facebook land. I'm not sure there's anybody here on Facebook land yet. Well, Pat, oh, yes, there are, there are five. Yeah, I was going to say, Pat, I know Pat was trying to log on a minute ago. Pat is one of our book girls who lives in Wyoming. She zooms in. And Keith Steiger, who lives in Pennsylvania, is off this week. But I'm sure she'll join us on Facebook Live for a little while. So should we introduce ourselves? The people who might be here and have no idea who we are. Hi, new people. Hi. Hello. I'm Megan. I'm our YA super fan. I'm Martha. I'm the loudest. And I read weird stuff. I'm Bonnie. Historical fiction, very sad books. If it has a beating baby in it, then I probably read it. Somebody throws a baby in the river, it's for thing. And I'm Nicole. One of the original three book girls. So welcome, everyone. We are ready for... How many live shows is this for us now? A bunch. Oh, yeah. We've done this a bunch of times here at Full Circle and once in Boulder, Colorado. We're hoping that eventually we can branch out and do our show in other cities and maybe even Scotland eventually. That would be awesome. you got to have dreams, right? Dream big. Goals. Dream the best, the biggest. We were sitting here earlier discussing, we, we have currently... Pat's, Pat's saying we have no sound. Again? On Facebook? Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> But Josh tested it. It was, yeah. So anyway, we always have technical difficulties every time we do this. You think as many live shows as we've had, we'd have this figured out by now, but we don't. No, we haven't figured out. It's just that it changes every single time we do a show. And I don't understand what that's about. Blame the equipment. Is there a, a god of technical difficulties? Because I think we made that dude really angry. We're going to continue for those of you who actually showed up in person. <laughs> Thank you. I recognize you from a previous podcast. And Lacey's here. We have Shona from Houston. We have a bunch of new faces. So hello, ladies. Good to see you. And we are here today to discuss books. We, we have a Facebook group called Three Book Girls Tribe, which the tribe should be watching on Facebook if we have sound. Now, when we chose the name, we chose it because I had a book that talked about how to find your people. And I actually had read that book when I first moved to Oklahoma City because I was very lonely, very liberal, and very lost. I did a little bit of soul searching and I was reading a book about how to connect with the people who get you. And it, one of the things, one of the chapters was finding your tribe. And so that sort of stuck with me over time. And when we formed this group, we wanted to have an extra part of the group where we could really be ourselves behind the curtain, so to speak. So we formed an extra Facebook group where we could talk about as many inappropriate things as we wanted and we made it a private group. Hey, Harry Styles. Welcome to the party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I do a video with Harry Styles? Probably. Probably, Megan. I mean, I'd have to make my opinions known. <laughs> See, she's she's got her tribe as well. So long story short, we made the choice. I, it was me. I didn't ask anybody else, I don't think. Maybe I might have asked you. Did I ask you before I did that? Um, Open the tribe. You might have said, hey, I think I'm going to start a private page called Free Book Girls Book Tribe or something like that. And I was like, okay. Yeah. I tended to do a lot of things on my... <laughs> my very supportive... Seat of my pants at that moment. <laughs> feeling, yes. So after having formed the group, there were a few questions that sort of popped up over time. 
sort of suggesting that that might not have been a very um, sensitive choice <coughs> because the word tribe is associated with Native Americans and since we aren't, we are not, people felt that that might have a negative connotation and we didn't want anything to be negative about our group, which you know it's gonna happen anyway. But So what we did is we started a poll on Facebook to see how, see what kind of name we could choose for ourselves that would be similar to that. What, how many names we have up there now? Uh, we have four choices. What are, what are the choices, Megan? The choices are, please pause while I find. I feel like she's, she's up there with the Oscar envelope. <laughs> and the nominees <laughs> for Facebook name change are Three Book Girls Book Guild, Three Book Girls Book Bingers, and Bingers looks weird in print. By it the does. Way. Yeah. Uh, three book girls book cult and three book girls book squad. And at the moment, squad is winning. Seventy-two to nineteen percent have voted for book guild. What? Book squad. Book squad is seventy-two percent. Yeah. Squad or the guild or the guild. Personally, I like the guild because of the show, The Guild, which is it's a YouTube thing. Yeah, it's a YouTube yeah. thing. Oh, hey, we're back. Oh, a lot. Do we have sound? Thanks, Josh. So we really would like people to go to the tribe and vote for the name change. While Shona and I were visiting earlier about it, we thought it might be kind of fun to sort of look into some alternate options just for fun. So we were looking it up. What do you guys think about being called a mischief? Because that's what a group of mice is called. A mischief? A mischief. That's weird. A book mischief. I think that fits us quite well, really. Or if you're to go to dragons, a group of dragons is called a thunder. Three book girls, book thunder? That's yeah. kind of cool, actually. It kind of sounds dirty. It sounds like a jokes about Well, that's kind of our thing as well. <laughs> Basketball. Roll. Okay. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, that's, that's the biggest reason to. Um, completely nix it because sports and reading don't tend to go together. That's a bit like oil and water, although I have read many books during sporting events. Listen. So does that count? Yeah. yeah. Right? Your beer-loving Nat has got a friend now. Oh, jeez. What is it about Nats that love beer? I'm going to kill it. Do it. Okay, Do so it. I don't spill anything while you're... <laughs> well, she moved I'm the beer, so... Yeah. A group of... The other thing that we looked up... Shona and I drove around quite a little bit today, looking for stuff to do. And the, other, oh, go ahead, sorry. the other thing we did is we looked up what a group of worms is called, because book worm. So a group of worms is called a clue, C-L-E-W. Can you imagine walking around with a shirt on that says book clue? People would go. We'd have to have a worm on there because people wouldn't know what it meant. They would think that we just didn't know how to spell, and it was supposed to be crew. That, ooh, that's a good point. I would like to point out that if we had just left the line alone, it was working. You were right, okay. Just thought it was It wasn't. The internet's too slow. I'm moving. Oh, back. is that what's happening? Oh, uh, are you putting a hot spot on there? Yeah. Okay. You fixed our little black piece technically. Uh, it, it happens. happens. You just ignore it and just go. I know. <laughs> it happens every time. Once it works, you don't touch it. You don't touch the hair around the computer. Everyone gives it a five foot radius. <laughs> you know, having having a tech crew is the best thing ever because I don't have to stress out about it. And besides, look at that butt. Jeez. It's right here. How could you not talk about it? Um, aren't you like almost like the boss since you're paying him to be here? That's oh, I'm He's going to sue us for everything we're worth. For all which at this point is $500. Which, which at this point is this computer. <laughs> We made our, our first big purchase. We made our first big girl purchase. We did, and it was so, so very painful. But it was painful. I used my, you know, family, like companies give you those employee perk situations. We got off. a kick-ass computer. 
So yeah, it's awesome. What, what the, what, what the bottom line of this discussion is, please go to the, if you're not a, first of all, if you're not a member of the Three Book Girls tribe, then why not? So go and ask to be a member and we will immediately give you passage into the inner circle. Unless, of course, you're a spammer and want to try to sell us some weird stuff like the person last week did. Yeah, yeah I was like, thank you. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. And yeah. I text Martha. I'm like, um, you're selling spam stuff on our page. <laughs> Somebody right trying now. to sell something on our page. So no selling things on our page. But please join the tribe so that you can vote on the new name. And then once that happens... We will then have new merchandise on our Redbubble account so that you can wear proudly your new shirt that says, at this point, it would be Three Book Girls Squad. Clearly, there were some previous cheerleaders <laughs> in the tribe. That's the only thing I can think of. But you know, take cheerleaders as long as they're cheering for books. On Redbubble, we have a new color. I went on Redbubble the other day because eventually I'm going to buy a new shirt. I just haven't done it yet. But they have a color called Steel Blue on it now. Steel? And it's like blue? teal. It's really They have white. They have white. They have white. They have, and they have black. So it... I can just give me a purple dress. Yes, stand up, Nicole, so everybody can admire your dress. If I stand up, I will be able to yeah, her, it's like the, it goes clear down practically to her knees, um, <laughs> her shirt. <laughs> so it looks like a mini dress. But well, we didn't have a lot left. Yeah. No, no like it fits me this way. Or like the width. It's just long. It's really long. I don't know what. Yeah. So if you can participate in that poll, that will help us move along the way to finding our new title, which hopefully will cement us even more as a group. It's like a it's like a pact. Maybe we should have been a pact. Pact? Pact. No, it's a pact. But a pact wouldn't be a group of people, a would it? A pact would be a group of wolves. A pact, you would like make a pact. That's what I meant. That's like a paper. That's like a paper. That's not like a group you. of people, though. Yeah. Fine. Pact. Fine. <laughs> That's just weird. Well, a pact is also an agreement. Well, yeah, it's like an agreement that you make an among friends, but not like a contract. But it's a, that you would be a. Oh, whatever, whatever, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Now you see why we need a poll. <laughs> because we don't. Agree. <laughs> we never agree on anything. If we if we had a clubhouse, it would be three book girls. Word slash slash word slash slash word slash slash word slash slash. We'd be going through that thing, going, no, I don't like no. It's we like, have to go back and get more paint. Yeah, it's like it's like naming a child. Except for it's not our. It, and the other thing we had the discussion about it doesn't matter what we think because it's your group. You get to name it, and that's why we're doing the poll. I now sound. I think we have sound now. Yay! People are commenting we could be a pack of hyenas. Oh, a pack of hyenas is nice. What would a pack of hyenas be? Well, we would be laughing all the time, in which we pretty no, much No, 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 I mean, what's the name for a pack of hyenas? Isn't it a pack? Is it a giggle of hyenas? Shona? Uh, <laughs> we have a Googler in the crowd. You can Google for us. Personally, I like a murder of crows the best, so it'd be cool if we were a murder. They have two names. They're either a clan of hyenas or a cackle of hyenas. A cackle, a cackle. A cackle of hyenas. Now, isn't that descriptive? Terrifying. Oh, it is terrifying. I love it. All the way past that. Um, we're really glad that you joined us on Facebook Live. We had a little, okay, a lot of technical difficulties last night or last time, but I think I've discovered what it was. It was a slow internet connection. Is that right, Josh? On one day we're going to get it right on the first go-around. Yeah, sometime. We did. We did. I did. And, someone and said, I said, shut it off. Turn it down. Turn it off. We're not ready. And I said, Martha, bad idea. And I was, I was wrong, Megan. Yep. In front of everyone. So Put it on the calendar. Yeah, you're right. The other thing I'd like to point out today, which is really important to the past of the podcast, since we have Nicole. Hey, Rachel. There's Rachel. 
And since we have Nicole um, on the podcast today, one of the originals, we have behind the counter in the barista section over there, we have Jessica's little brother, Alec. He walked by and I said, I recognize that guy. So I said, I recognize you. And he went, and then he turned around. I was like, oh my gosh, he's family. <laughs> so cool. So I guess we'll have to take him, him more now. Avoiding eye contact with us. <laughs> he's, he's been in the room when we've done the podcast before. He knows what's coming. <laughs> he understands. <laughs> now that we've done the introductions, now that we've been a little silly for a while. Oh, no one should let me in to a candle store when they put out the fall and Halloween scented candles. Oh, oh geez. Where did you go? Uh, across the street to White Barn Candle Slash Bath and Body Works. Oh, I can't believe the stench is not still on you from that. You know, I'm actually surprised as well. Are they having a sale yet? Because I just no. ran out of some of my bath and body there, lotion. There's, there's, oh, I don't know about their like lotions. The candles, the single wick were on sale, but the three wick weren't, and I love the three wick. I like so. the three wick. Although, the, the, the brand Stanley Fog, which oh. you can buy it on, they're like $7, but TJ Maxx sells them for $12, and they have all their false names at TJ Maxx, right? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yankee Candle is uh, behind the eight ball. They're not getting their Halloween stuff out until August 27th. Mm. Well, when I went to the store today, they had some of their um, fall coffees out. Already. Mm, fall so, coffees? Pumpkin spice. Oh. So guess what I bought? Pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice. Yeah. It's about that time of year again. I'm it ready is. for it to get cool. But it's also time to, um, you know, we talk about on this podcast a lot about hair removal because that that has a lot. It's it's relevant to us as women because we always try to remove it. So Bonnie, for the very first time this week. Tried out her new device. The one did, that I bought a year and a half ago. Did you finally try it? Yeah, I took it out of, and it was because of Keith's friend that was on the other day, and she said that she did the laser thing and that it didn't hurt because I was super afraid that I was going to try to laser my underarms and then not be able to wear deodorant. And then have to walk days. around with her uh, arms in the air all day long. Listen, there was one time, you know those, I'm um, like, <laughs> Um, epiladies that like pull your hairs out. I used those one time on my underarms. Oh, it felt like it was pulling it out of my big toe. You can probably hear the screams from the International Space Station on that. And um, when it grew back, I had so many ingrown hairs from it that it was just horribly sore and Ugh. everything. And I'm sure it was because I put deodorant on right after because I don't want to stink. <laughs> so what's the final report? on the fancy laser zapping tool for hair removal. Well, I mean, it was super easy. Whether it works or not, I don't know, because you're supposed to use it for like six weeks. Like eight weeks. Okay, it depends on the eight brand. Weeks. The one I want is, the one I want is so expensive, it's still sitting in my Amazon cart, and I'm waiting for the price to go down. And so far, no joy. But even if you do like get the professional one laser, uh -huh. uh, you still have to get touch-ups, so like people will go do it and they'll buy little guy hand laser's mm -hmm. and they mm -hmm. touch up their their stuff, but like you have to do that forever. Forever, yeah. 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 So it's, yeah, yeah, it's just a lot. But I still want one. Now when I turned it, I turned it up. The first time I did it, I really, I just kind of turned it on and can't trigger it. I didn't pay attention that much. And then the second time I actually read the instructions. So I turned it to the appropriate setting and I will say that I could, it did burn a little bit, but the only place that I noticed that it made my skin sensitive is my upper lip, because I did like right here, and it was a little sensitive for the rest of the day, like, you know. So, the saga continues. Um, it's almost like the saga for the perfect pair of jeans, but a little bit more personal. Keith says drinking fall coffee in 100 degree weather is nuts. Pat said, Bonnie, I was at the liquor store today and they had pumpkin spice liqueur. And Keith said, oh. absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, I would try it. Although if I it was actual it. pumpkin, my, my issue with pumpkin spice is that it doesn't have any pumpkin in it. I'm a pumpkin girl. I like me some pumpkin. Well, sometimes they just taste too fake. I'm not interested in the spice. I just want the I want it to taste like pumpkin pie. Like an actual pumpkin. 
or an actual pumpkin chocolate chip cookie. Have you ever had one of those? Oh my gosh. But I think the problem is, though, is you can't exactly put pumpkin in a cup of coffee because it's not going to dissolve. All it's going to be is a lump of pumpkin at the bottom. Well, as long as it tastes like coffee, I'll eat it. Ew. Ew. Like, yum. No, I'm turning my nose up to that as well. You've turned well, I mean, is it like right pumpkin pie with, or pumpkin with, with like, yes. with sugar and cinnamon? Or yes. is it just a lump of pumpkin? Because just a lump of pumpkin by itself would not taste well, very good. True, that would be gross. You have to puree it, of course. Listen, I went to my sister's house one time on top. at Thanksgiving. And she offered us pumpkin pie and everything. And my son got a piece of pumpkin pie. And he'd only taken one bite, and I couldn't figure out why. And then after we sat there for a minute, my sister said, do you put anything in pumpkin when you make pumpkin pie? Oh, like, no. You put a lot of things in there. She's like, see, oh. I told you to her roommate. So they had literally taken a can of pumpkin, put it in a pie thing, oh. and cooked it in the oven. And that was their pumpkin pie. That's oh, nasty. My. And then I completely understood why my son didn't eat any more of the pie. <laughs> you, you ruined him on pumpkin from life. And uh, after we left and we were driving home, he's like, Mom, I can't believe you let me eat that pie with nothing in it. And I'm like, well, I didn't know until after you already got some. And now I got Google. Right? Uh, I'm like, there's a recipe right there on the can. Did you not even read it? Did you not look? And speaking of goodies, there are goodies at the behind the, the barista bar over there if you want a chocolate mouse or um, which are delicious. some beer, which I am drinking up Elk Valley tonight. Magic juice is delicious, friends. So if you're interested in getting me some of that. Oh, and please be sure to tip your barista. And don't forget to buy a book tonight so that they'll ask us back. That's like a great tip because you get to take something home. And they have all of our, they have all of our books. They do. They have all of them up on the front counter this time. I think we're moving up in the world, girls. And we're not stuck in the back corner of yeah. the room anymore. <laughs> Speaking of which, Bonnie, should you tell us what you picked? That's a good idea. Let's transition. So this week, I decided to review The Girl Who Wrote in Silk by Kelly Estes. And um, I kind of picked this for a couple reasons. I think somebody recommended it to me, but I can't remember who... Or if I just saw it and it came up. I, you know what? This might have been one that they were talking about on the trot. Is this one that you told me about? Uh, maybe. Anyways, somehow yeah. I heard about it. And it was interesting and it was it was good. Um, it's set in, in Washington State. And it starts out with... I can't remember the time period. I think it's like... The early 1900s, like 1900, 1905, and um, it, it there's a Chinese family in a Chinese community, and at the time Washington was just a territory. And one of the things that the people that lived there they didn't like the Chinese coming over from the far east and settling, and so they basically had a mob mentality and went into all of these Chinese-owned buildings and stuff and basically forced the people out of their houses and burnt some of them down and made them all get on this ship. And the ship was supposed to take them back to China. Now, this happens very first thing in the book, so I'm not really giving very much away. Well, the daughter of one of those families can't remember how old she is at the time. I think she's like 12 or 13, and she dresses like a boy so that people will leave her alone. So she's a girl but dresses like a boy, and she's on this ship, and she overhears two of the crewmate talking about how they plan on taking the boat far enough away from shore but not all the way to China and dumping everybody overboard, just killing everybody. Because they said that if any of their white passengers know that there were Chinese people on board, that they wouldn't want to use their ship. So 
Yeah, pretty awful. And she goes and tells her dad, and her dad basically tells her she's got to get off the ship right now and try to swim to shore while she still has a chance. So she ends up, and I can't remember the name of the island, but it's actually not too late, too far away from Forks because I looked it up on the map. Oh, ma'am. And, <laughs> and she... For those of you who need to know what the Forks is, Twilight. it's a Twilight reference. <laughs> it's our mecca. And um, she does make it to shore, but just barely makes it to shore. And somebody who lives on the island finds her. And luckily, he is a gentleman and not a racist a-hole. And takes her <laughs> in and nurses her back to health and everything else. Um, so that's just kind of how it starts. And then it kind of skips. It skips time periods between, like, the 1900s and current times. In current times, there's a family, they're well off. Um, dad owns a bunch of shipping boats, um, has a lot of international clients, a lot from China um, and, and the Far East. And the daughter is straight out of college and she's supposed to go work for Google, I think is who it is. Um, but then she ends up going to this house that her aunt owned on the island. And she decides that she wants to fix this up and make it a bed and breakfast. And there's a lot of controversy between her and her dad because her dad doesn't want her to do it. He wants her to work for Google, have a steady career, so on and so forth. And also, another reason why it's a little... Touchy is that her mom died very early in her life from a car accident on that island. So you kind of have like some controversy between the family. She decides she wants to do this. And of course she finds a handyman on the island who is single and very attractive. So you know there's a little bit of something there. And um, she starts fixing this up. Well, she finds this sleeve and it has a beautiful embroidered kind of like scheme on it. Jesus, Marva. No more beer for you. Sorry, there's like a. It's, it's your fault because of this <laughs> tablecloth. Okay. Why is it my fault? Because you complained about the good tablecloth and I had to put this huge one over across two tables and I'm sitting on the slit. She's sitting in the crack. She put me on the crack. All right, go ahead. Sorry. So she finds this, this sleeve, and it's beautifully embroidered and everything. And then she's trying to find out where the sleeve came from because nobody knows anything about the sleeve. And she finds it, like, underneath the stairs in, like, a very odd place. And she gets a hold of this um, professor who's also single and hot, by the way. At the local college to research what this sleep means. Well, as it goes on, she finds out that her family has more to do with where this sleep came from that they really want known. So there's family secrets kind of tied in here. And while this is happening in current times, it goes back to the early 1900s, and the the girl that showed that was rescued on the shores of this island and her rescuer who is planning on marrying someone else but there's a real spark between those two too so this story just kind of goes on from then from there um i would say this is a really good one for somebody who wants a little bit of history and a little bit of romance when you read historical fiction, you don't always want it to make you so depressed you can't leave your house for five days. Unlike most of the things she usually reviews. Exactly. So um, this would be a good one for somebody who's just starting historical fiction and just trying to work their way into it because there's that romantic component that keeps you from getting too horribly depressed. Now... I mean, a bunch of people die, so it's not like the <laughs> See, most, there it is. There it is. It's not the most uplifting book in the world, 
But it was really good and it's well written and it was an easy read. It does get, a, I don't know if I would let younger, younger kids because there is some sexual tension that they talk about and um, go into detail, but not too much detail. So if you don't like a whole lot of that kind of thing in your book, you don't have to worry about it too much. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was a really good read. It was easy. It was fun. It was sad, but not so sad that, like I said, you want to scoop your heart out with a spoon. <laughs> and that again was called The Girl Who Wrote Insult by Kelly Estes. Awesome. And it is for sale here, full circle. Yeah. And I, I did Google and the events that they talked about did actually happen in Washington. I think the the timing that they had it set in was a little bit different and of course the audio they always talk about how there the inconsistencies and why they decided to do the inconsistencies just because it fit in with the fictional part of the story better but yeah it was it was interesting a little bit of history a little bit of romance awesome excellent okay nicole how about you what do you got but <laughs> the it girl by ruth Wynn. and if you've read Ruth Blair's book, she's really good at doing like beachy thrillers. Um, and this one was a little bit different. Um, but it follows Hannah, um, and Hannah goes off to Oxford College and it kind of goes into her story of being an outsider. Um, she's really nervous about being from like a working family, and a lot of the friends she's meeting are very like affluent and they went to very prominent schools. Um, and then the book goes from start, or like the, well, it has before and then after. The book before and after is, the chapters go back and forth from before the murder and after the murder. But uh, essentially, um, when she moves off to Oxford, she becomes best friends with April, and April is a very rich, um, girl, and a lot of people just think that she's not really worth anything because of her wealth, um, and that she's not intelligent or yada yada yada, just like that typical story. And so she is the it girl of the story, um, and uh, Hannah finds her strangled to death at some point, and so this entire story just really evolves around Hannah and her like. One, like everything leading up to the murder, and then, like, then it will go towards the after where she is. I don't remember how old she is, but she's, she's pregnant in her in her thirties, I think, and she's pregnant and married. And she's married to April's boyfriend at the time of. Um, and it tells you that very. So that that's not a spoiler. Uh, but yeah, it's very different. So. It's really interesting. There is a murder, but because you already know the murder has happened, it's very different than her other books because you don't have the same like thrill of like her, like the suspense level. However, it does go more into like the effects of the murder on Hannah in her adulthood and like the after effects that on their entire friends. But you're also still trying to play the who did it game like, because even at this point. Um, well, I mean, the story kind of starts out that the person that Hannah thought murdered April <clears throat> has died in prison, but and then some people are second guessing his guilt. So that's including her. Yeah. And so yeah, it's very interesting. It's definitely like a mystery, feature, but a lot of her books are. They're like great little suspenseful novels. They're not Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Which is fine. I don't want to choose. They're like, that's, you know, if I just want something to like sit at home after work and read for a little while, this is perfect. I can spend a day and make me nauseous. Fair enough, fair enough. So, yeah. Awesome. I also read it too, in case you wondered why I kept chiming in. Couldn't tell. Couldn't no. tell at all. No, I didn't think you could because I'm pretty solid. That's the advantage of my books. Martha never reads them, so I don't have to worry about her chiming in. Yeah, most of mine too. Sorry. Sorry, Nicole. No, you're fine. Throw things at her if you want. I mean, I moved so that you could get a shot. <laughs> no, no boot punching, please. Are the mice already? Wait, yeah. she hasn't given her. Oh, sorry, sorry. 
And if you could see the back cover, you would see why she stood in line for this snack. I'm also going to mention He's a that snack. Really, uh, just ironic that you're talking about this because we hung out at the airport after this. Yes. And <laughs> didn't know we were going to be on this podcast together. <laughs> yeah, we were. So I was like, did you see Nicole? And I messaged her. I was like, Nicole, where are you? And she walked right by my gate. Later, I was like, I'm at the bar drinking because my last flight was like, I almost died. And so I'll meet you at the gate. Yeah, I gotta go have another beer. I have a drink. But yeah, so it was my bit of a opportunity to A, listen to Paul Holes talk because he has the best storytelling voice ever and get his assigned book by him because I have a signed book problem. So, for those who don't know who Paul Holes is, he was the primary driving force, along with Michelle McNamara, who came onto the scene much later, behind continuing to try to solve, at the time, was the East Area Rapist case in California. Uh, and he, as a young lab tech, was in the library at the police station, and there was like a mysterious filing cabinet off in like this back corner, and he's like, what in the world is in that thing? So. He started being nosy, and he gets to the bottom drawer, and it just says EAR, which is Area Rapist. And so he started digging through the files, because he was like, wait, like, I want to solve this shit. I'm going to solve it. I'm going to be the one in 40 years to solve it. Obviously, it took him a long time from when he first started as a lab tech to get to be Paul Holes that he is today. And really, trying to solve the Golden State Killer case for, for the East Area Rapist, that was before they realized that he was the Golden State Killer and that the Daily Ransacker were all the same person. And really, a lot of the work that and reason they got solved is because he just wouldn't let it go. And it, in all honesty, pretty much destroyed his first marriage because he was never so, he just was so in depth in trying to solve this case that it pretty much destroyed his first marriage because he had no work-life balance. He would come home and go through the files and he was just really inattentive to his family. Um, and it talks about how while he was trying to solve the East Area Rapist cases, he ended up solving other murders that they thought originally may be part of those. And then as they started testing the DNA, they find out like, oh, he might have the same MO, but it's not the same guy because the DNA doesn't match, and it was kind of frustrating for him, even though he was thrilled to be solving all these cold cases, because they would just hit another wall. And he, he admits to the fact that he would get like tunnel vision, and he'd be so sure it was one guy, and then have to start all over again when the DNA proved it wasn't another guy. Um, and one of the things that stuck out to me, he talked about um, another, a different murder, who, this guy had been convicted of three murders, and Hall went to um, the parole board, and it kind of changed how he thought about his cold cases, because he realized that, you know, every time the families have to go to these parole hearings, it kind of re-victimizes the family. Um, and so he started kind of working these cases and trying to get it to the point where these guys would not want to have to face the parole board, and not have the family started trying to get them life in prison without parole. Um, rather than trying to go for like death penalty cases because he felt like they had no parole and didn't victimize the families over again. So it really changed how he solved the cases. Um, it's really just really fascinating to hear him talk. Um, he worked on the Lacey Peterson case. He's worked the Lacey Dugard case. And just so many of the high-profile cases in the area at the time, somehow or another, Paul Holes had his fingerprint in the system. And it was just really interesting to hear him talk about all these things. Some cases do you know, like Lacey Peterson, some were some obscure ones that his brain just really works in a very different way from hearing him describe things that he would look at at a crime scene and 
there was one, and it's not, I mean, none of these are spoilers, there are pieces you can look up because it's not a fiction book, that he got really detailed and really into the DNA side of things, and so he would swab things or have the text swab things that most people probably would not have looked at. And there was a case where this woman had been killed and the bottom of her sock was torn and it caught his attention because he was like, this woman doesn't see, she was like an upper class lady of LA. And he was like, this lady doesn't seem like the kind of person who would walk around in cold socks. This sock probably got torn in the struggle. And so he told the tech to swab the bottom of her foot. And that was the only usable DNA from that case was from the bottom oh of her foot. God. And if, oh. if, yeah, if he hadn't been the one on the case, the odds are that case never would have been You saw. know what that makes me think of, though, don't you? What? It takes one to know one. I think he just spends so much time in that deep, dark world. Mm -hmm. that, well, have you listened to the Murder Squad? Agritainer has been discontinued yeah. with Rachel's girlfriend. So, we don't have to go down that rabbit hole, but, but yes. Yeah, so I don't know. I love listening to Brad just because he did give you really interesting information. Yeah. And he would talk about cases that, like, are missing people currently, but he would have a really interesting perception of it. So, I don't know. I was thought he was very fascinating. Yeah, he's definitely fascinating. And I think his brain just works and processes, like, he visualizes things just differently, which... It's really interesting. I highly re recommend reading it because it talks a lot about um, the victims in a lot of the popular, po popular sounds like a terrible way to say it, but well-known cases that he's worked. I love hearing him talk. Like, and I could hear his voice in my head when I was reading it, which made it super fun. I'm sure there's an audiobook. I would hope he narrated it. If they didn't, they failed. I, I can listen to him talk forever. And he is pretty, there's a whole hashtag, hot for holes. Uh, we just found the shirt. Did you find the hot for holes? We shirt? found the hot yeah. for holes shirt. Yeah, the hot for holes hashtag was a thing. Um, I think he's got a new show coming I think so. He has a couple different shows that pop up and stuff on Oxygen. That just sounds so wrong. I'm sorry. It does. It sounds so wrong. <laughs> it's supposed to. But yeah, yeah, like the back of the shirt should say, that's what she said. Yeah. But yeah, he, he lives a very interesting life. And his, he remade, he has a second wife, and they tried it, and she is also works in forensic. Is his first wife still alive? She is. Okay. And all of his kids are still alive. But yeah, he, he's fascinated <laughs> just hearing how his brain works and how he focuses on what he focuses on. And he has a true passion, not just to find a killer, but to find a killer and, you know, to be holes, but to bring some kind of peace and resolution to their families and really honoring like the victims and their families. So I thought that was an interesting side to hear from him because you kind of think of him as like this top big investigator. And but I also love him for that. And for Okay, so like he has made his job being a part of like the media now or like yes. a part of podcasting yeah. his TV shows, like things like that. But at the same time, he is a, a developed ego. Correct. And so he has to do social media and all of this stuff. So if you follow him on Instagram and you see the stuff he posts, you just laugh because you know he's like a grumpy old man. Now. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> he's like, I'm doing this because I'm being paid to do it. Uh, yeah. So they can find out about my shoulder surgery from me falling off of a bicycle on a dirt road in Colorado. Yeah. But I don't really but care, I don't care. about it. Yeah, and he posted a picture the other day. I should look, I should look back. Because a lot of people, he doesn't talk about it in this book, but the Delphi murders are like a huge murder mystery right now. And he posted a picture like on the trestle where the girls were last seen, and the internet exploded. They're like, Paul Holes is in Delphi. Like, they're going to solve it. Paul's going to figure it out. So it was, it was cool. But he is fantastic. I highly recommend this book. And that is Unmasked My Life Solving America's Cold Cases by Paul Holes with Robin Gabby Fisher. And again, we have a question okay. from Sarah. A question? I don't see it. Okay, what's the okay. question? Megan, how does your book compare to I'll Be Gone in the Dark? Oh, how does, how does this book compare to I'll Be Gone in the Dark? Uh, so this one focuses more on kind of his process of finding it, but it doesn't deep dive. So if you're looking for a deep dive, then um, I'll be gone in the dark. Before you, I would Google some of these people for like, yes. go look at Reddit and just go down some deep dark holes yeah. that we don't need to talk about right now. So that you can choose which books you read because there's some, <laughs> there's some controversy in the true crime world right now. Holes is great, but yes. just check your office yeah. out of it just because... His, I mean, his former friend is, is rumored. Paul, Paul Holes is, is, is not involved in the 
The, the drama. The drama. Okay. That we are aware of. But yeah, if you want to deep dive on Golden State Killer and or uh, East Area, just whatever you want to call them, I'll be gone in the dark would be your first stop. Yeah. But this is a good kind of follow up to get how it got to the point where Michelle could write an article on it. Because if Paul never opened the cabinet, Michelle probably would not have, the information would not have been as available to Michelle. Now, you reviewed that other book, right? I did. Okay, because after you reviewed that, I think I went on and listened to like a podcast or something mm-hmm. you was on because I was more interested in finding out more. I didn't go any further than that, but he sounds like an extremely interesting person, and I could see where this would be. Everybody remembers when, uh, like, my third. I'll be gone in the dark came out and mm-hmm. like almost immediately after is when they actually caught the yes. murder. Like yeah. Joseph D'Angelo, I think about his name. And so to me, I like I was very into that case at the time and like I was in the Reddit places where it's like no one should ever go. And like <laughs> the reading, web. Yeah, <laughs> reading all the conspiracy theories or like the suspects, all this. And then you know, the news breaks that they, they caught the guy. Well, uh, even though he was no longer the detective on the case because he had retired, Paul Bowles was actually there when they arrested him. Yeah. And he, on his podcast, the next time he recorded it, he talked about what he could talk about. Yeah. And then if you go listen, like, throughout, you know, six months, he talks about, like, trying to interview this guy. He talks yeah. about, like, all, all this stuff. And then he goes really in-depth into, like, the DNA and how they actually... Yeah. They couldn't match it to him. They had to go into an ancestry yeah. system and like how that works because that was fascinating. Yeah, and the county that had the DNA was like really making Paul's life difficult for like years. And they didn't trust the lab and because it was too new and like he there was some tension at the press conference. I guess you could, I guess if you knew there was tension, you probably see that there was tension. But he was pretty polite about like the guy that wouldn't give up the DNA walked by at the press conference and he like he fucked him and was like, Oh no, now you get to get up here and act like you did something? I don't know. Uh, no, I have to go through like he's already and he's creepy, like he is. Like looking at both of them. Yeah, he's creepy. Look him up. <laughs> he's still in prison, he's not going anywhere. I could talk about Paul Holes and the state killer for hours, but Martha probably really wants to tell us about her book because she doesn't care, but she's staring at Paul Holes next to the computer, so she might be okay for a while. He is a snack. <laughs> and he looks just as good as her. Very, a very filling snack. Yeah, when you see him in person, he's also amazing. And of course, you know, when we got corrected by Josh earlier, Bonnie and I had laughing fits because that's what you do when you get smacked by the detour. <laughs> so that's why, for those of you watching Facebook Live, that's why my face was turning purple and laughing, because we were talking about getting spanked. And it costing extra. Did not have any interaction. <laughs> you were turned completely away from us at that point, though. <laughs> anyway. Don't disparage Paul. Uh, no, we weren't. <laughs> Me and Martha are those bad kids that write notes back and forth. Yeah, we're, we're the ones that get sent to the principal's office for, being, for bad behavior. Uh, the book I read this time, I actually reviewed on the podcast before, I think. Yes, you have. Yeah. Well, I don't like to review something that I haven't read because I don't want to recommend a book that I didn't love. So I am reviewing Wayward by Dana Spiata. And as I was looking at the reviews, I I remembered again how much some people hated this book. There's a lot of stuff in Goodreads that says stuff like, this white privileged woman didn't have any business blah, 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 blah. You know, a lot of people were really hating on her in this. But I think what makes this really, what made me instantly connect with the character, the main character of this book, is that she completely loses her tiny mind after Trump gets elected. Completely. She is absolutely bereft, as I was when that happened. And it really spoke to me that She's in, I think she's 53, and a lot of the things that she's going through with having a teenage daughter, I have a teenage son, you know, he's 24 now, but I remember how I felt during that time. So when she starts to unravel, and really what that's what this book is about, is her unraveling. If you can imagine buying a house without the knowledge of your spouse, she does this in the beginning of the book. She goes and spends... She goes and signs the papers and everything else on a $38,000 house, which is not a lot 
but it's like in the ghetto in Syracuse. So she does this without telling her husband. She And then she says to him, after she's bought the house, she says, I'm leaving you. And then she leaves. <laughs> so it's like she is completely, she's going through menopause. She's going through a lot of difficult things in her life. And you really don't get a clear picture of it until almost the very end, the explanation of why, why this is really happening to her. You know, it doesn't matter to me that she's so privileged that she doesn't worry about how she's going to pay for things because she doesn't have much of a real job. Because I was really focusing so much more on how absolutely insane she was in a lot of different things. What she did is she took a deep dive into a Facebook group and ended up sort of getting sucked into this group of women who were very radical in their way. And that she just sort of was following them and, you know, starting to participate with them in real life. And it, it was almost like she was trying to find herself again. And anybody who's had kids and has gone through that journey would know what it was like when all of a sudden you're required to find out who you are again. Because you spend all of their, their young life being the mom, being Dylan's mom. And you don't know where you're going to go after that. You don't have time to explore it because it's not important. So then when her daughter becomes, you know, uh, I think she's a junior in high school in this. And she just absolutely melts down and moves out right in the middle of all this. Her daughter's, you know, in, she's not thinking about her daughter at that point. And obviously I would never have done that, but it was interesting to see how quickly that happened and what she did about it. And she was hyper-focused on this little crappy house in the ghetto, basically, in Syracuse, and how it was hers. It was her little sanctuary. She talked about, you know, the windows and the tiles inside the house. <laughs> and then on the other hand, there was no air conditioning. And it was not a comfortable place to be. And she gets, the house gets broken into. She is walking home at 3 o'clock in the morning because she can't sleep. And she witnesses a murder. She witnesses a cop killing a young black man. We have a lot of murder happening in this book. Yeah, I mean, it's just really one of those books that the whole time I was reading it the first time, I was really engaged in all of this crazy stuff that she was doing in her life, living vicariously through her absolute meltdown. And the second time I read it, I was just as engaged. Not because she was a good person, but because she was absolutely unhinged. And sometimes it's good to read about somebody who's more unhinged than yourself. So that's why I like the book. And I liked it the second time I read it. And I don't care that she was a white privileged woman. That isn't why I was reading it. I was reading about a woman who was trying to find herself after spending all of that time being a mom. And that happens to a lot of us. And so I related to it. And I also related to the meltdown after the 2016 election because I had a big one. So that was called Wayward by Dana Spiata. Like we all need more midlife crisis books in our It really was. It was a midlife crisis book, but without the fancy car. <laughs> and you know, empty nest syndrome, that's like a real thing when your kids grow up and they move away. And you're old and people look at you differently than they did when you're young and you don't know how to react to that because you're it's it's like you're you're invisible all of a sudden. Not just None to of men, but to other women. No, I for physically record. am old. Yeah. For the record, I was her old. <laughs> well, I didn't say old. I, that's why I was just going no, to Martha yeah. nest. Martha no, said old. But, like, you know, because it's a thing. You should say it. It's just kind of like, because you have this this child that you took care of, and everything was about that child mm -hmm. for so long, and then all of a sudden, they're on their own. And it's great, because that's what you want, is for them to be able to function without you. But you have no identity left. But then, I mean... All the things you were when that child was born are gone. Yeah. 
Some of us buy a house with a ghetto. Some of us get a very high maintenance dog. <laughs> Some of us start a podcast. That, that would be me. I started a podcast. <laughs> These are our midlife crises. No, but I, it was interesting to, to read about somebody else going through those things, even though I had nothing in common with this woman. And I, she wasn't particularly pleasant to read about. And a lot of the comments on Goodreads sort of focus on what a weirdo she was. But you know what? <laughs> We're all weirdos on the inside. I don't know. I just thought it was good. And I think, you know, if you take a real hard look at somebody's life when nobody's around. I think we're all a little weird. Because, yeah. you know, I sing and dance to my deaf dog when I come home. <laughs> she when does. On the she, radio, does. she does. I walk in, let her out, <sighs> and everything, and we do this little dance. And she makes up her own lyrics for the dog who can't hear her, which is okay. You know, we all have our thing. She still likes it. <laughs> you think she likes it. She just sees your mouth moving and you dancing around. But that's okay. That's okay. It's called body language. That's, that's right. That's what she reads. Yeah, that's right. So those are our four books for tonight. So if you're interested in picking any of those up, uh, if there are still any left tonight, I know we were running low when we began. So there's at least one. There's copy at least one copy of each one. So if you sorry, want, this one's not signed by Mr. Holt. So yeah. so if you want to purchase one of these books, please feel free to come up and snatch. Megan's pretty needy when it comes to that. We if I was in a room this size and Wobbles was sitting here and sitting with Shona Ellis, I'm pretty sure I would just pass out. Yeah, she would. <laughs> She'd hyperventilate. I was in like the fourth row of Crime 5 and it was the best night ever. <laughs> Glorious. So, please support your local independent bookstore by purchasing books there and spend time in a bookstore because it's good for your soul if you have one. And if you don't, that's fine too because we love all all people, even as soul. Has anybody seen the things online that talks about how, like, when you go into Barnes and Noble or any bookstore, um, like any bookstore, full circle caps, um, that like you immediately feel the need to go to the bathroom? No, that's actually a thing. It is a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. So I do not have this issue. This is very weird because, you know, the whole. Yeah. Not the the IBS. But uh, my husband. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. The need, the need to go number two when you go into a store. It's not just bookstores. It's like, for some reason, there's a certain um, hobby store. That before I knew all the bad things about it before, like when I used to go there, I do not go there anymore on principle. But every time I would go in there, I would have to find. And now I know why it is. It's sort of like food poisoning. But I guess I feel like I read an article that, that there's some sort of psychology yes. that has to do with like the relaxation. Yeah, like when you're in a comfortable environment, your body just relaxes. We're all psychology majors too. Uh, well, I, I am. And then there was like an actual article, and then okay, I, I, I encountered some of this issue that I, I decided to actually go and like read this thing. So, I thought mm -hmm. I didn't know it was a thing. It was because they sell coffee, and coffee makes you have to go to the bathroom. No, well, I mean, that's Some people. Yeah, Some of us can drink it all day. On book talk. People, like, take videos of, like, them walking into their store, like, into their local bookstore and being like, and then they're going to go to the bathroom. And they, like, video themselves walking through the library, and, like, or to the bookstore, like, to the back, to the bathroom. You grab a book on your way. I, I feel like if you no, have that's a journey. Journey. that that's a sound for the episode, George. Yeah, I feel like that's a journey for your full circle, though. Because you got to go out you have to the wall and down yeah. 12 yeah. blocks yeah. to yeah. the bathroom. Yeah. So you're getting your exercise so, and yeah. your your daily yeah. constitution. They do that just to ensure that people buy the books before they go to the bathroom. Yeah. Now that's that's actually very smart. So you know that all these books are pristine. I just feel that for these people who have to have that issue just because, like, on shopping days when you're, like, going clothes shopping and you stop in this store and that store. And then you like, gotta go. I don't experience it as much in other stores, but it's almost always a bookstore. It's <laughs> it's, like, just a zen place. Yeah. I don't really have that problem. I don't think I've ever gone shopping and thought, well, there's a whole other issue there. I will if it's like an emergency. It, you act like I've never gone to the bathroom in public ever. I have. Maybe only a handful of times. Oh, I'm not going to use this one. The bathroom was so dirty here last time. I just 
If the bathroom is dirty, I won't go in. Guys. You know I love her, though. I know, I know. No, but I agree If it was an emergency, I would have to, but... I agree to other places where I'm like, "Mm, I don't care. I don't know. I will go down, like, three walks. Like, I know you guys do in the bathroom, like, how many times a day because of my disease. Mm. You guys have not seen anything. <laughs> like, you can see the worst bathrooms. Imagine being in Mexico, like, no. you to see, you know, a seventh wonder of the world, and you have to stop at a bathroom on the side of the road. Is there a bathroom on the side of the road? There's one. And there's also a street on the side of the road. It's just nothing but bathrooms. That's true. If you grew up where I grew up, you learn at a very young age how to arrange your clothing in such a way that you do not get anything on them. I can also like, the entire way from like here in Dallas I can tell you every bathroom or here to um, you know Arkansas every bathroom and I can tell you which ones have the most interesting small graffiti maybe you should write a book I think that actually sounds like a really great book I'll start an Instagram account no 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 a TikTok and an Instagram oh this is a book podcast it's gotta be a book Okay, it can be a picture book yeah you start an Instagram have like not writing Caroline Calloway who never published her book, but it's a book. Yeah. And she was writing like novels in her The pictures of the insides of all the stalls. Yeah. So, that could be a fantastic cultural revolution. Yeah. Instagram wise for mm. a while. And now it's kind of just there, but Suddenly, I have to go to the bathroom, and that's going to do it for Three Book Girls. The end. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.